This week's episode is brought to you by Beverly Hills Orthodontics, brightening smiles with the -the state-of-the-art technology and Invisalign since 2008. Love yourself, love your smile. You can find them on Instagram at Beverly Hills Ortho or online at www.beverlyhillsortho.com. Today, I'm so excited to introduce Dan Kramer, a trial lawyer who specializes in litigating personal injury as well as representing employees and employers in employment law. Listen as he and Brandon discuss his extensive experience in law and how he got there. everyone this is Brandon Matloff in Los Angeles welcome to the Stella Oak Mavens podcast where we feature different mavens in different fields a maven is an expert of an expert they are the go-to person who you would want to ask all the questions to before making a decision the purpose of our podcast is to help the consumer be more knowledgeable today I'm really excited to host Dan Kramer a trial lawyer who specializes in catastrophic personal injury and wrongful death matters Dan has obtained 12 jury verdicts as a lead counsel at a very young age, many of which who have been documented in the Daily Journal, Verdict Search, Huffington Post, Fox 11 News, it goes on. He is a partner of Kramer Holcomb Sheik and was recently elected as secretary of the LA Trial Lawyers Charities where he will serve as the president in the future. And today, Dan will be sharing his experiences as a trial lawyer and the decisions that led him to found KHS. Welcome, Dan. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, I actually just finished trial number 13, for the record. <laughs> All right. Excited to be, hear about that one. So um, before you were really doing all the trials on your own, I understand you were at your own firm. Um, sorry, you were a part of a, a big firm, and then you decided to branch out. So can you tell us a little bit about how you went from starting at a big shop and then how you ended up kind of on your own in your own boutique firm? Sure, yeah. So um, I was at a big insurance defense firm in downtown LA. It was about 70 attorneys. Great firm to work for. Learned a lot. Had a lot of great mentors. Tried a lot of cases. But, um, you know, I just kind of uh, was seeing that there was was kind of a ceiling there. And uh, I also was realizing I was kind of on the wrong side of things. Um, I wanted to more help individual people who were going through some of the worst horrific tragic times in their life. Um, Loved ones who lost a husband or a grandfather or a wife, um, someone who's severely injured and can't really walk again. That excited me more. I felt like I could make more of an impact on those people's lives. So um, in 2012, with uh, two of my close friends from law school, um, we started getting together and meeting for about eight months, uh, meet on the weekends, meet late at night, early in the morning, um, started developing a plan to open up our shop. And uh, honestly, it's the best decision I've, I ever made. Um, have not looked back. If you could go back um, to when you were in law school, do you think you would have done anything differently? Do you think you might have tried to start your own firm before going to a big place or do you think you would you recommend starting at a big shop first and then and and then trying to ultimately branch out yeah no i mean 100 percent. i would recommend if you're able to do it work for a firm if you can work for a firm that's going to give you experience that's going to give you mentorship um 
that they have, you know, organization that can really help you thrive and learn to be an attorney. One of the hardest things coming out of law school, you're not prepared to be a lawyer, much less a trial lawyer. And when you go to a firm and you have really good mentors who actually care about your progression and your knowledge and you becoming a good attorney, someone that can actually, you know, talk in front of a jury or talk or argue in front of a judge, or if you're not a trial lawyer, to write great motions um, or do appellate work, you really need mentorship. I mean, I still think we're an apprentice profession. Um, you know, law schools are starting to go in that direction a little more, but uh, you really do not know how to practice law when you graduate law school. Um, so I have some great friends who, whatever the circumstances, they weren't able to get a job, especially when I was coming out, the market was horrible. And they were forced to start doing firm and they're thriving, but there's, it's, it's, you know, there's a huge learning curve. And you not only have to learn how to run a business, because at the end of the day, I mean, we're, we're businessmen and women. I mean, we have clients, we service clients, and you know, we obviously try to make a profit to keep the business thriving. Um, but to learn that and also learn how to practice law, um, that's a daunting task that is not necessarily a requirement if you don't have to do it. So I always tell young lawyers, you know, as eager as you are, I'm sure you'll be great entrepreneurs and great business people and great lawyers, but learn under someone else for a while, even if it means, you know, taking a little lower salary. But if you can get experience from someone else who knows what they're doing and you can learn how to practice law the right way, then you can go out on your own and really learn how to build a business. But you got to get those foundational principles, you know, that foundational knowledge before you step out there, at least in my opinion. So then what drives you at this point? Like what's, what's keeping you pushing forward and continuing to build? Well, I mean, I absolutely love what I do. Um, I am very fortunate. Uh, I was raised by great parents that always taught me to do what I love doing and it will not feel like work and I cannot tell you how right they were. Um, there's nothing I love more than representing a client and going into a courtroom against a big bully uh, business corporation insurance company that is saying their harms and losses are not real what they're feeling is not real and then they're not accepting any responsibility for what they did and caused and I love nothing more than saying let's let's see what a jury has to say about that and then going into a courtroom and getting to know and talking to 12 citizens in our community from the cross-section we have people that are you know janitors to CEOs, doctors, you know, I mean, that's what I love about our system is that you have these 12 people from cross-section of our society, different ethnicities, races, sexual orientation, sex. I mean, you have everyone that gets to decide the fate of a person or a business. Um, and I love it. I mean, I love the ability to go and talk to a jury and then tell my client's story um, because a lot of times they can't tell it for themselves and I get to be that mouthpiece and go fight for them um, to a judge, to a jury. Uh, there's nothing I love more than doing that and representing people that I'm their last resort, essentially. You know, these clients are really, they are really relying on you. Like, in, in a sense, you are the last resort. They're, you're the person standing between them and, and justice, right? And so how, how do you deal with when it doesn't go your way? Like, if the jury doesn't rule in your favor, if it hasn't happened, how do you think you'll deal with it in the future? Uh, go home and cry for days? No, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I think it would be, it'd be, I mean, it'd be horrible. I mean, not 
not for my ego. I mean, I can try the next case. I mean, the thing is, is for my for my clients, this is their one shot. Um, I treat it like it's my one shot, and, and and you know, I mean, I I treat every case like this is the end all be all. This is I treat them like it's my family members because I think that's the right way to try a case. Uh, if you're halfway in, if you're even 90% in and 10% out, you're not going to try the case that your client deserves. Um, and it would it, it would break my heart, quite frankly. I mean, it's just, um, but you know, some cases are tough. You know, the cases that go to trial are the cases that are tough. I mean, there's a reason why the other side, whether it's a large business, corporation, insurance company, who represents an individual or a business, um, there's a reason why they're taking the case to trial. I mean, they have insurance companies and businesses, I mean, they have layer after layer of people looking at a case, analyzing a case, deciding, is this case going to be worth multi-millions of dollars? If it is, we need to pay it uh, because the jury can run away on us and we can be hit for tens of millions of dollars. Um, you know, so they they analyze it. They have a lot more people on their team who all they do is risk assessment. And they're going to say, well, you know what? We're actually going to take a chance at this because we think there's an X amount. They have a percentage. They plug it into an equation. They say, well, I think there's a 75% chance we win. Um, these people aren't stupid. And so cases that we that go to trial are cases that are tough. Um, they're cases that either hang on a liability dispute, uh, meaning that, you know, the defense doesn't think they're ne they're negligent and they have a lot of experts that they pay a lot of money to to say that they're not they're – not, uh, Negligent, or they have, or they have experts that Harvard, you know, Ivy League medical schools that uh, are saying our client is not injured, and so we have to, you know, tell our client's story and see what a jury does, um, because you never know what a jury's going to do, quite frankly. Um, but in terms of, of of a loss, a loss is horrible. I mean, I don't know any trial attorney that can say that they'd be okay after a loss. It'd be hard. It's hard. It's, you know, it'd be heartbreaking. It'd be absolutely heartbreaking. You know, you have a certain sense of humility, which I think is probably what makes you such a, a great attorney. Don't lose that focus because people need uh, attorneys out there like you that really care about their client. I love it. So, uh, Dan, as we wrap up, do you want to just share your uh, contact info in case anyone has a question or comment, wants to reach out to your firm, maybe use you guys in some capacity? Um, how How's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. I'm always available. Um, you can email me at D Kramer. That's D K R A M E R at K H S L A W dot com. So it's D Kramer at K H S Law dot com. Or you can excuse me. Or you can call me at three one zero five five one zero six zero zero. Also, our website is www dot K H S Law dot com. Great. Thanks, Dan. I really appreciate that. This has been a Stella Oak Mavens podcast. We empower you, the listener, to take control of your life. And you can find us on iTunes and on Instagram at Stella Oak Mavens.